The Garden Question is a podcast for people that love designing, building, and growing smarter gardens that work. Listen in as we talk with successful garden designers, builders, and growers, discovering their stories along with how they think, work, and grow. This is your next step in creating a beautiful, year-round, environmentally connected, low-maintenance, and healthy, thriving outdoor space. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner or an expert, there will always be something inspiring when you listen to the Garden Question podcast. Hello, I'm your host, Craig McManus. In this episode, I talk about my experiences with water drainage systems in the garden, what has worked and what I've seen fail, some principles and truths that every gardener should know. This is episode 70 with me, Craig McManus, drainage systems in the garden that work. You're invited to engage with us on Instagram at the Garden Question Podcast. If you'd like to email me directly, the address is question at thegardenquestion.com. That's question at thegardenquestion.com. Please remember, your ratings and reviews are always appreciated. Whether raindrops are regularly falling on your garden this season, or you have almost forgotten what rain looks like, having a water drainage plan is very important to a happy, successful garden. In fact, I'll say a water drainage system plan is more important than a planting plan. What? No, you didn't say that. Yes, I did. I believe a water drainage system plan is more important than any planting plan. The reason why is because I don't like replacing dead plants. I don't want to replace mulch after every rainstorm. I don't want to ever get a phone call from a client telling me that my retaining wall fell during last night's rainstorm. I don't want to get a call telling me how deep the mud and water is in my client's basement. So yes, A water drainage plan system is more important than a planting plan. The first time I visit a new project site, I want to answer these two basic questions regarding water drainage on that site. Where is the water flow coming from and where is the water flow going? Failure to answer these two basic questions and working out solutions will frustrate you and maybe even frustrate your neighbors. If you're located on the top of a hill or along a ridge, then more than likely, the only water you have to deal with is falling out of the sky. Everybody else has to be concerned with water flowing from their neighbors, hopefully not water from the street or bubbling out of the ground, streams or bodies of water. Okay, glaciers and hot springs are a concern too, but I've never had to solve those issues. Most of the water you deal with falls out of the sky. There are engineers that make a good living calculating how to deal with water on large development sites, and we're not going to go there today. You can, if you wish, or required to by the city or state or local governments. In today's episode, I'll be sharing some of the helpful principles and practices I've learned through the years solving drainage issues in gardens, landscapes, and the structures that they surround. I have discovered that every solution to every drainage issue is found in one basic truth. Water follows a pathway of least resistance. You need to write that down. Maybe even write it down 10 times and put it under your pillow tonight and sleep on it. Because water follows a pathway 
of least resistance. That's why abasement floods, mulch washes out of the beds, soil erodes, neighbors get upset, water collects in your garden, soil is saturated and squishy, plants die, concrete cracks, springs spring out of the ground making creeks, filling ponds, flowing into streams, creating lakes, spilling into rivers, and emptying into the ocean. Water follows a pathway of least resistance. And that's why toilets work, too. It is up to you as a gardener, designer, and builder of gardens to create the pathways of least resistance and to make good things happen in your garden. The current thinking in the wonderful world of water management and planning is to keep the water that falls out of the sky on the site that it falls on. Water that does leave your site should be clean and pollutant-free as possible. There are many sites that still move water off their site as fast as they can. And unless you're living on the top of a hill, you're continuing water flows from neighbor sites to some extent. That water finds its way to your site because you're downhill and in a path of least resistance. So how do you deal with it? Capturing and piping water is not my first option. Drains and pipes get clogged. Their capacities are usually undersized. Plus, they can become quite costly. Capturing and piping water has its place, and I use it. It's further down my preferred methods list. Unfortunately, I've seen it implemented in some gardens as a worthless exercise with a large price tag. My first option is to flow water over the soil surface. It provides opportunities for absorption into the soil, which is a good thing most of the time. The soil surfaces will need stabilization. I use turf grass, vegetation, various sizes of rocks, and even recycled concrete pavers. There are basically two grading methods for flowing water over a soil surface, sheet flow and point source flow. I'll try to help you envision these two methods with a sheet of printer paper. Write high on the top end of the paper and write low on the bottom end of the paper. Lay the paper on a flat surface like a table and place two fingers on the low end, pressing it down on the flat surface. Now lift up the high end off the flat surface. If water was sprinkled on the high end, it would flow to the low end across the whole sheet. Now fold that sheet from high end to low end with a defined crease in the middle. Place it on the flat surface again and raise the high end again. Now, sprinkled water will concentrate the flow in the crease in the paper because it will flow to that crease and then flow down to the low side or point. If your site can accommodate sheet flow, use it. It's best because you can take any volume of water and dispense it out over a large area. Point source flow focuses the same volume of water to a point in the garden. The point source flow method moves water faster with greater force, creating greater opportunities for soil erosion. Silt created from soil erosion is the number one stream pollutant. The sheet flow method slows water down and has less force, creating opportunities for water to be absorbed into the soil, lowering the opportunities for erosion. The first priority for any drainage system is that water must always flow away and around a structure, not to them. Houses, barns, chicken coops, and yes, even retaining walls 
always, always, always flow water away and around the structures, not to them. That's worth writing down and putting under your pillow also. Always flow water away and around a structure, not to them. A swell is often the best option for directing water around a structure. When I start talking about swells to my clients, they often put on this, I don't have a clue mask. What are you talking about? Did you put your mask on? Okay. For those that did put on their, I don't have a clue mask, what is a swell? A swell is a point source grading method. Think creased printer paper here. And you can direct it anywhere you want with curvilinear lines and it flows water into it. Or just imagine a wide, flattened ditch where the center line crease gradually falls to a lower point. The sides of the swell fall toward the center line and you would hardly notice the combination of the three sloping grades when you walk across them. It's very subtle. You can scale the swell to any size you like. I've drained entire large gardens using just one center line, and I've used it also on very small, tiny gardens. The technique also works on hard surfaces. You need to know where you want the water to exit on your hardscapes. Always plan for how you want to direct the water off a driveway, a walk, or a patio, or any hard surface. The simplest way I've found to construct a swell is to use marker paint to mark the swell center line. It can be straight or curvilinear. Then grade the center line to achieve the fall desired to move water from the high elevation to the lower elevation. Once established, grade from center line out so water will fall or flow back to the center line. What happens in the garden can prevent or cause basements to flood, crawl spaces to be wet, and wood to rot. Before you call that expensive foundation drainage guy, check on these five things. They are easy and inexpensive fixes. I have observed them all. Are gutter downspout outlets clear and extended? Extend the gutter downspout outlets to a minimum of at least 10 feet downgrade from the structure. This is commonly not done during home construction. You've seen the little two-foot-long splash box. That doesn't cut it most of the time. Are soil grades sloped away from the house? I can't tell you how many times I've seen water flowing right to the structure's foundation. The water is only directed by the structure itself. You need to grade soil away from the house to a swell that routes the water on a path of least resistance around the structure. Get the water away from the house. Is the foundation drainage system closed off? If your structure has a basement or crawl space and was built within the last 50 years, it should have a foundation drainage system. The system collects subsurface water at the base of your foundation. It then provides a path of least resistance away from the basement's foundation, hopefully preventing water from entering your basement or crawl space. The problem occurs when the outlets are covered up with soil, and this often occurs during the backfilling and grading operations, sometimes during the retaining wall construction. Look for a 4-inch black corrugated pipe located at the lowest point where the soil meets the foundation. 
you don't see it and it's not open, then you need to look for it and find it. Because water can collect at the base of the foundation, looking for a path of least resistance, and it can't find it because it's covered up. Is a planting structure capturing the water against the foundation? I can't tell you how many times I've seen planting beds capturing and holding water against the structure's foundation. It has the potential to put water into the basement or crawl space. Where I've seen this the most is where concrete pool decks or walks or driveways have been added, creating a pond between the actual concrete and foundation. The problem is amplified when water flows into that captured bed area off the hard surface. Not many plants will be happy with wet feet. Add some soil in this area and raise the bed, flow water away from the structure. Are gutter downspouts connected to the foundation drainage system? I don't see this often, but I have seen it. The gutter downspout shares a pipe with the foundation drainage system. Not a pretty sight when water reverse flows back into the foundation drainage system from the gutter downspout, overwhelming it. Hello, wet basement. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. I need a French drain. Maybe. But most of the time you don't. Most folks really don't understand the purpose of a French drain or how to build them. A French drain is used to collect subsurface groundwater. The purpose is to dry up soil that is staying wet and soggy. It is on the same principle as a raised bed. Raised beds dry out quickly because water percolates out of the soil due to gravity carrying water on a path of least resistance. A foundation wall drain is very similar. In the case of a French drain, the subsurface groundwater percolates out of the soil and into the sloping trench filled with silt fence type fabric wrapping and enveloping 57 stone and a slotted drain pipe. The air gaps between the clean 57 stone allows water a path of least resistance and then to the slotted pipe. The pipe acts as a conduit flowing on a path of least resistance falling to daylight or a dry well. The whole French drain system is covered with enough soil to grow a healthy turf or vegetation on top of it. A French drain system is not open on the top. It is covered. I've dried up many springs and wet soggy areas using and connecting a French drain system. It is important to remember this is not used for surface water drainage. This is a pretty nifty system, but you might want to hold off on the accolades honoring France for providing such a wonderful drainage system. This is not the Statue of Liberty. All the accolades should go to a man called Henry Flagg French, a judge and a farmer from Chester, New Hampshire. In 1859, Henry published a 381-page illustrated book called Farm Drainage, the principles, processes, and effects of draining land with stones, wood, flows, and open ditches, and especially with tiles. That's the French drain part. Although he called it something else, it became known as the French drain. Thank you, Henry. Now, trench drains are very similar to French drains, but open on the top. This is where the confusion comes because they're pretty much built the same way, but they're for a different purpose. Trench drains are used to drain surface water, collect it in a swell, and capture it and put it in a pipe. 
trench drains often get the name French drains because they're very similar. Curtain drains are a different animal altogether. They're placed behind retaining walls to relieve the hydrostatic pressure that can cause a retaining wall to fail. Always run water in a swell around a retaining wall. Never run water to a retaining wall. Retaining walls are not dams, and they're not there to hold water back. They're there to hold soil back. So remember, always run water around a retaining wall. A rain garden will absorb rainwater into the soil. So will vegetation and mulches. It basically works like this. The more surface areas you have for water to stick to, the more rainwater will be absorbed on that site. It's not like a sponge where it's sponging it. It's actually holding water on the surfaces of leaves, on sticks, on trunks, in mulch, and all kind of fauna that's in the forest. Now let's compare that to, say, a hard surface like a driveway or compacted clay soils. There's not a lot of surface area there needed to hold the moisture. So in the areas like a forest, which would be a kind of a maximum absorption area, there's all these surfaces that water will stick to and hold on to. If you don't believe me, the next time it rains, go out and look at a shrub or a tree and see how there's water hanging and clinging to those leaves. Now what happens is that water will eventually evaporate. So you've taken the water that's fallen out of the sky and literally sent it back into the sky to create new clouds and new rain. This has been Episode 70 with me, Craig McManus, draining systems in the garden that work. Thank you for listening. You're awesome. The goal is that every episode is valuable and well worth your time. Please generously share the Garden Question Podcast with your friends, relatives, and neighbors. Check out our website, thegardenquestion.com, for links, resources, and where you can listen to every episode again and again. You will not want to miss a weekly episode, so please subscribe to the Garden Question Podcast with Craig McManus on your favorite listening app. Keep on designing, building, and growing a smarter garden that works.